I did score. I was very happy about that. But, mm-hmm. uh, just to get kicked out, I think I was pretty amped up from scoring that I might have been a little bit too excited after that. And I just hammered it. <laughs> <laughs> what was it like when you first got a phone call and you you knew you were going to represent your country? To know that we were going to have a chance to go is like a dream come true. You know. Um, as a kid, I always watched the Olympics. Uh, I still do, but uh, maybe not as much as I did when I was a kid because we watched it religiously when I was young. But and was there a particular guy that you connected with the most in your time in Russia? One of my last years in the in the KHL, they, uh, uh, Alexei Kovalev was one of our assistant coaches too. Um, so like having him as our assistant coach was pretty awesome, and like he would come out with us early and teach us some of his tricks. Booyah, and it's time for the Game Sports Show. It is your host, David McCaig Jr., bringing you another special edition upload powered by the Game Entertainment and Media. Thanks for tuning in. This edition is sponsored by the Sport Displays and Flawless Roofing, Sure Seal Incorporated. Wherever you're listening, make sure you're subscribed, following and liking the video or audio versions of content from the TGEM YouTube channel to wherever you get your podcasts of the game, content such as Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and much more. Now let's get to the co-host joining yours truly for the special edition upload here tonight. We got two to introduce. Firstly, you know him by now as my usual co-host on these special edition uploads, former professional hockey player of over 1,000 games and hockey analyst for TGEM, Brendan Brooks. Brooksy, how's it going, pal? Doing good, man. Looking forward to the show. You know, I've never uh, crossed paths with him, but I uh, look forward to hearing about his uh, journey. Definitely. It's a good journey for sure. And I'm very excited to get, in, get into it. Now getting to the second co-host joining yours truly tonight. You hear him on the special edition uploads with yours truly. And he's also a co-host in the game's top shelf edition. And he's also a sports analyst for the game sports show and the game entertainment and media. The one and only Alex Parr. Parzi, you legend. How's it going? Wow. I thought when you said a uh, owner of a thousand professional games, I was going to me, but that's okay. I'll, I'll get my ego check. <laughs> this isn't the, this isn't the EASHL. Oh, oh, gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> like that's a fun. Now getting to our guest. Actually hold that thought. Are you looking for a way to show off that memorable sports item? Preferably a Jersey, just like how I like to show off my John Tavares Toronto Maple Leaf Jersey. Well, look no further than the sport displays Jersey Mount. It's easy to put up, and it's easy to take down, and it looks nice on your wall. Perfect for your office, perfect for your cave, perfect for your garage, perfect anywhere. Plus, they offer great fundraising opportunities for your sports teams. You can check them out on their website, thesportdisplays.com. Now, getting to our guest, this guest is sponsored by the Sport Displays and Flawless Roofing, Seal Incorporated, was drafted first round, sixth overall in the 2005 NHL draft by the Columbus Blue Jackets. He spent four years with the Vancouver Giants in the WHL, where in the WHL he was named the first all-star team, rookie of the year, playoffs MVP, and won a championship. He played 299 career NHL games with 95 points between the Blue Jackets, Oilers, and Coyotes. Overall, this guest had a total of 400 84 professional level games in combination with the National Hockey League, the American Hockey League, Swiss A League, and the KHL. He did participate in the 2018 Olympics, and in those Olympics, he won a bronze medal for Canada. The one and only Jaber Brule. Jaber, thanks for coming on the show here tonight. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Looking forward to getting this going. 
Yeah, you know what? It's it's yeah. always fun to connect and hear the journeys, and we've done so many of these editions, and it never gets old, that is for sure. Now, the first thing I want to get to, and we usually have a post opener, not going to lie, uh, but I'm going to count this as topic one too, okay? So we, okay. We've, we've connected on social media, and you know we've planned out the show, and we finally get the recording here tonight, and there's one thing that I came across on your Instagram page, and it's in your bio, okay? It's yeah. Hideaway Creek, Modern Luxury Street <laughs> yeah. in Robinson's Creek. Creek, BC. Now, this is unbelievable. Why I'm bringing this up is if anyone wants to take a second to go look at his Instagram and see the this getaway, I, I want to go there first off. But can you talk mm. about this? Is this your property? Is this something that you rent out or what is it like? Yeah, it's, um, it's you know, like you said, it's uh, the name Tideaway Creek and it's, uh, it's basically built on my property within the, it's been about just over a year, maybe like 14 months or so. Um, so fairly new place. Uh, we just wanted to do the whole Airbnb thing, and uh, we decided to build on our own property because it's a little bit uh, a little bit easier to manage. So uh, it's worked out nice, and uh, it's providing jobs for a couple of people in my family as well. So it's really nice to keep the money within the family. So yeah, it's nice. I got some family in actually Vancouver and I was actually showing my fiance this, this getaway. And I, I think you and I are going to have to get connected. Okay. Cause <laughs> yeah. absolutely unbelievable. Or maybe the game sports show takes a trip out there. I, I don't know, but it, it looks yeah. absolutely stunning. Alex Brooksy, did you get a chance to look at it? Or is this the first time you're hearing of it right now through me? This is the first no, time for me. I just hope I get to hang out with them. <laughs> That's cool, man. Yeah, it's great. We've got uh, you know we got a nice uh, cedar barrel sauna here that we just added in the last few months, and a nice cold tub with it as well, oh. and a nice hot tub on the deck too, with uh, you know close to the bedroom and stuff. So it's nice and romantic, and hung some nice lights up there just recently as well. So it's it's starting to look real nice. Brooksy, you can cover this trip for us, eh, Brooksy? Let's put it. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I got you. It'll be my honeymoon <laughs> gift for you. <laughs> That's exciting. All right, uh, going to. The, I'll let you get off with the actual topics here, Brooksy. I know we'll count that as the first topic, but uh, we'll we'll yeah. still say that as a post opener. We'll go to you. Yeah. Well, okay. normally we you know we start at the bottom, but uh, we, I want to start at the end of your career in Russia. You know, we've had yeah. so many guests the last while and uh, some wild stories so i just want to hear a little bit about your uh, adventures in russia right before you uh you know decided to retire yeah um you, i guess you guys mentioned at the start of the show i was listening to how many games i played i think i played almost like 300 or over 300 games in russia and just about 300 in the nhl so um a little bit over 400 and whatever you said there I think I'm closer to seven something, maybe even 800 games. So uh, incorrect by me. But, but anyways, in Russia, when I played there, I just I played I think around 300 something games. Uh, Russia was really cool. Like I got uh, just about six years, seven years there. Um, and you know, it was interesting in my time is I got to spend time in Croatia as well, and uh, I played on team in uh, Shanghai and Beijing as well. So uh, for those three seasons, seasons I got to live in China, I got to live in Europe, and then a few a few other seasons I played in uh, a couple different cities in Russia and. Um, yeah, like obviously the experience in Russia is a, is a different than what we're used to, right? Um, it was definitely a culture shock the first time I went over there for the first month or two. I was just completely lost. But uh, once I got used to the culture and things and the way things went, um, started to learn the language a little bit. I actually started to enjoy it there. Um, and then when I come home, you know, I was really grateful for how, you know, how lucky you are to be, you know, and live in North America, live in Canada, U.S., where we are and just have things pretty well compared to, you know, some of the cities in Russia are, are uh, tough places to go, you know, and I, I um, sympathize with the people there. But that's, uh, you know, where they that's, you know, part of their struggle, their journey. Right. Too. So, yeah. Yeah. See, Brooksy, you you know, we've heard stories about people 
we've heard the fun, the crazy stories, Cage. Remember, we've heard people yeah, with guns. Yeah. Uh, you know, people with guns. You have to go get money in cash. And <laughs> uh, I can't remember who it was, but it might have been Yablonski. It could have been Morasti. Oh, yeah. I forget which one uh, went into more detail. It could have been more. There's been so many. Uh, but you also played with some big names over there too, like Alexei Ponikarovsky, us, myself and Parr being in Ontario, being Toronto fans and remembering the Matt Sundin days and living those times or you know, Ponikarovsky was there. But later then you have, we'll talk, uh, Wolski, you played with him uh, on yeah. the Olympic team. Uh, you also had Victor Kozlov. That's a name that I haven't said. Yeah. I don't know how long. Uh, yeah. So, there's some good players there that you played with. It must have been a good experience playing. Was there a particular guy that you connected with the most in your time in Russia? Um, yeah, all those guys were pretty cool. And, uh, you know, I even like uh, in um, was it Beijing there, one of my last years in the, in the KHL, they, uh, uh, Alexei Kovalev was one of our assistant coaches too. Um, so like having him as our assistant coach was pretty awesome. And like he would come out with us early and teach us some of his tricks. And I mean, that was pretty awesome to like learn from a guy that had such a like, high level of skill and just was like a master with the puck and his skating. Like some of the stuff he was showing us was pretty, pretty incredible and was actually challenging us, you know, as pro players. It was it was tough to do. So it was awesome to learn from a guy like that. See, yeah, he was definitely a type of guy that uh, he made it look easy. I don't know how he did it. Every yeah. time I watched him, I, he just looked like everything was effortless. And uh, I can only imagine. Uh, was he the same way as a coach? Yeah, he, like you said, he was like silky smooth, right? And uh, I think he was just just like that as even as a coach, like on the ice trying to show us stuff. He was just like he was made it look easy, like you said, and just was still so good. Like he could still play, but, uh, you know, has obviously moved on to coaching, but just an uh, amazing player, still has amazing hands and skill. See, and you bring up coaching, and uh, that's I think it's a good segue in this question. So obviously with you playing in North America for most of your life before you went overseas, mm-hmm. is there a significant – I know there's a, a play difference. Like in North America and you play over in Europe, the playing's different. It's a lot of speed. Yeah. I think that a lot of that European game is coming today, obviously. If not, it's here. But coaching difference. I never really asked this question to anybody, but the coaching difference compared to – in Europe in general, uh, in comparison to North America, is it different as well? Like significantly different or is there a lot of relatable coaching that you kind of receive on both ends? Yeah, I think I might not be the best guy to ask for some of that. Cause when I did go over to Europe, I, I had like, you know, I had Mike Keenan, I had Mark Crawford, I had, uh, some, <laughs> I had some North, you know, some, I had some North American coaches over there. Um, but the couple of Russian guys I did have, like the first year I went over there, the coach didn't speak any English. So I had to like, really ask guys or really pay attention to what he's drawing on the board, like really, you know, watch what I was doing. Cause I obviously couldn't understand what he's saying, but um, you know, later down the road, I had, a, I had a Russian coach that did speak English and things went a lot better. And there's definitely some relatable stuff there, um, but definitely a lot of new stuff that, you know, that we just don't do in North America because of the style of play, like you mentioned, um, you know, it's more of an open uh, cutting back, gaining speed, trying to get, you know, control the puck more than a, you know, a North American style more in the past was a dump and chase kind of game and chip and chase, right? Yeah. I try to ret- retrieve the puck on the smaller ice, but uh, on the bigger ice, you kind of need to do the, the delays and swing backs and control the puck because you got so much space out there, right? So. Yeah. I know, Brooksy, you played when you played overseas and uh, you, your, your game really flourished over there, Brooksy, because of your speed. And Shabari, you'd be the same way. You're offensively, yeah. but you like playing a little yeah. bit of an edge as did Brooksy yeah. did too. Uh, like it, yeah. it's, 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 I feel like if <laughs> that game is so exciting over there and I'm glad that it's starting to come. 
over here a little bit more in North America. Uh, and I was going to, I might save this. You know what? I'm not going to say this for your draft story. And the way the game is now, okay, in the North America, yeah. would that be a better fit for you, do you think, than what it was? Oh, totally. Like, uh, as you mentioned with Brooksy, like when I went over to Europe because of my skating style, like I'm a good skater. I love to skate. I love to get speed. You know, it was a great transition for me. Uh, not necessarily my first year because it was such an adjustment just with everything going on around. But uh, once I started to get used to that style of play, it definitely benefited my style of game. 100%. Yeah. Parzell, yeah, I don't think, uh, well, I was just going to say before Parzy steps in there, I was just going to say like, I don't think the game is fully ever going to come over until they decide to go to the big ice, and yeah. which I don't think uh, the NHL is ever going to do just for uh, seating reasons or whatever. So I think to see that full game, you're going to have to keep it at the international level or go over and watch a game. Yeah, I think that make you know that's what makes the Europe and that international game so great and so unique is that it's not just the exact same everywhere, right? You have that kind of different change with the ice, and I think they should keep it like that. Maybe just it's been great that way, right? So yeah. it's nice to have a bit of both. Yeah, I want to know what it's like playing in China. I mean, I've only ever seen <laughs> the game in North America. So what's like the biggest difference there is when you play uh, in a place where, especially the NHL, is trying to grow the game. Yeah, it's uh, tough right now, right? Like the, we were there for the first few seasons, the, the team was starting and uh, not a lot of fans right now. So it's hard, right? And they are trying to market the team over there. But um, yeah, like I said, it's tough to draw people in. People really love basketball over there and some other sports that have already really developed, right? So it's um, it's hard to get people into that hockey market. Kind of people forget about baseball there, how big it is. Yeah, too, yeah. And right, like it, it's, I don't soccer. know if that's the number one sport, soccer. I don't know which one's the number one sport, top of my head, but uh, I know it's in, not hockey. In China, I, I want to say it's, I don't know what it is, but I'd say basketball's got to be up there for oh, sure. People yeah. absolutely love basketball there. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Largest spectator sport in China is basketball. Yeah. Oh, confirmed. Thank you, Par. That's, you know what? You're on it, man. You're on it. <laughs> <laughs> He's quick. He's really quick. Thanks, thanks for being on it. Parzi, though, I want you to lead the, the third topic. I know this is something that you would love uh, to talk about. You love the international conversations. Yeah, I mean, how cool is it to play in the Olympics? Like, I mean, come on. The stars to align in such a way for you to be able to get called to the team. What was it like when you first got a phone call and you, you knew you were going to represent your country? Oh, yeah, just to, like, get called to start to start the whole camps, just to start, you know, I think we went through three or four camps and a few different tournaments along the way to, to them picking the team. But um, just that whole process to know that we were going to have a chance to go is like a dream come true. You know, um, as a kid, I always watched the Olympics. Uh, I still do, but uh, maybe not as much as I did when I was a kid because we watched it religiously when I was young. But um, just to go over, go to play there and then, like, to win a medal for Canada as well, that was just another whole thing when – I was just like, we got to come home with a medal. Everyone wanted to come home with a medal so bad. And it was just so nice that we could finish at least third there. And um, yeah, just a really special moment. The whole thing. It was just, just an incredible experience. Totally. What about the lifestyle in the Olympic village? Do you have any stories from your time there? Um, yeah. You know, we were in uh, South Korea, so it was pretty interesting. Like uh, we got to go around the town a little bit. Once we left the village, people are super nice and friendly and, even invited some people into their houses like for dinner and to watch the games. And like, that's how friendly people were there, which was really cool to see. And uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. We didn't get to do like a too much stuff there because we we're pretty busy. Right. But the whole Olympic village was, was a cool experience just to see all the other athletes. Uh, we all ate in the same, you know, cafeteria, basically like the mountain sports to have their own thing on the mountain and the rest of the sports were in the town more, but uh, 
yeah, just to see all the other athletes, just to communicate, just to get to know and see other people. It was just a whole, a whole crazy event. It was wild. See, Brooks, I think you, you know, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. You know, Mason Raymond, I believe, right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you got play, to play with him. Yeah. You play with Mason Raymond. There's Derek Roy, Chris, oh, Kelly, yeah. Renee Bork, right? It, it's, there was a good team there. You guys had a good, and a good executive staff. I, I, I remember this top of my head right now. You had Tom Rennie, you had Martin Broder, right. uh, you had uh, Willie Desjardins as your coach, I believe. And, mm-hmm. Obviously, Hockey Canada is going through a lot right now as we're recording. Yeah. Things can change in weeks or months, but even or weeks by the time this uploads. But it, yeah, it's yeah. that has nothing to do with this, of course. Yeah. Uh, and you being able to, obviously, everyone uh, calling it spade for spade right now. Everyone wants to see McDavid Crosby play together, right? That's that is yeah. everyone's dream to see before Crosby retires that they want those two to play together. But you know what? Truthfully speaking, if you look back at the 1980 Miracle on Ice, you had the Americans beat the Soviets before they won yeah. the gold medal. Miracle, one of the best hockey movies, and I'm a Canadian saying that, and as we all are, yeah. all Canadians saying that. But it's yeah. it's it all started with the quote unquote. Amateur athletes, obviously you're a professional athlete, yeah. but seeing guys like yourself, Mason yeah. Raymond, Chris Kelly, Derek Roy, and there's more guys I'm forgetting because I'm just saying it yeah. top of my head. Ben Scrivens, I think, was one of your goaltenders. You you had guys there that were NHL players, including yourself, and it was a good hockey team assembled. Obviously, the KHL yeah. had Kovalchuk in Russia. They had their their team, their yeah. star-studded team, but the tournament was so exciting still to see you guys play. And these are all guys that all play the national hockey league. So I think everyone had a doubt going into 2018, but that changed after everyone watched it and you guys win a bronze medal. You get that on your, on your, on your, over your neck and hanging over your neck. What is that feeling? Putting that bronze over, but even though it's not a silver or gold, which is your yeah. goal when you get there, it's still great to place and get a medal to represent your country. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, the quality of hockey in that tournament was still very good, still very high level of hockey. And, 100%. Um, you know, in that game against Germany that we lost to, it was just a, it was a tough game. We, uh, you know, by the end of the game, we realized Germany really did have a game plan. And those guys had been playing together for quite some time, a lot of them. Right. So um, they just blended. They molded well. They had a game plan. They stuck to it and they executed well. And um, we just had a tough time, you know, getting going. And then uh, a couple of tough goals went in and, uh, you know, we just got behind the eight ball pretty quick, but, uh, and then I, you know, I scored, but then I got kicked out of the game. That didn't help either. Right, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I hit a guy with his head going down through center and, you know, any head is contacted the Olympics. It's, you know, suspension, unfortunately, but I didn't jump or elbow him or anything like that. Um, it was just, it was a tough time there, but, uh, yeah. So anyways, after that, you know, watching the guys uh, watching them win the bronze medal at least i got to watch and be part of that but uh it was super fun just to get that medal on your neck and uh obviously we wanted gold we wanted you know to do that but uh just to place at least third you know fourth they say is really tough at the olympics everyone just that's a tough place to finish because you're just out of the medal ranking so it was it was nice to get one at least I'm actually really happy that you guys had the opportunity to go because you yeah. you can look at all the great talent that could have went and there's still great talent that did go. It doesn't matter. It, it was still great overall talent. If you talk about Canada, talk about Germany, talk about Russia, it doesn't matter who you talk about. It was still exciting. And I remember some friends and saying that, oh, I don't know if I'm going to watch because you still don't have the, the dream team or people. No, it was still yeah. very exciting to watch headed by you and guys that have I've said all their names already, guys that were headed there and 
you know, I feel, you know, Brooksy, you, you played international experience as well. The Spangler, you played for, for England in the Spangler. You'll correct me if I'm wrong with more teams, but you're so wrong, but it's okay. <laughs> Is it okay? It's good. You <laughs> no, I played for, I played for Canada. At the oh, West. thank you. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, at the Worlds, I was playing for Britain. Oh, there we go. Okay, I wasn't that yeah. off. Okay. But now you got it. Yeah, but and either way, international experience—it's so much different than than anything else, and it's just impressive to see that. You know, when you get there, you got there, you got the call. What were your expectations for yourself when you got there? Was there a certain level where you're like, hey, I got to get this, I got this? Besides winning gold, was there something that you wanted to do yourself to accomplish? Um, personally at the Olympics you're speaking yeah yeah um, honestly I just wanted to be on the team like that was my whole thing when I got the call knew that uh, you know the NHL wasn't going to be going I just was like I really want to be on this team and I'm going to do everything I have to do to get on that team and I, I guess I made it so I was that's all, all I wanted to do and then you know once we had the team picked then it was like the whole team's like hey now we want to win a, a gold medal so that's the whole that was the whole mindset kind of going into it and uh, we always just wanted to keep that mindset and try to, you know, try to play to that uh, that gold medal standard. But uh, you know, sometimes you fall a little bit short. Hundred percent. Now, did they bring a lot of guys in for the uh, tryouts of the team, or uh, did you uh, just, you know, or were you just getting the call and go? Because usually, sometimes, you know, it's it's tough. Uh, you know, they usually just have the guys like that they know that they want, and they bring them maybe a couple extras right. to make to finalize the team. Or did you guys have like a full camp? Oh, we had like full, like a few different camps. There was one in Sochi and uh, I think there was another one somewhere else. Like we had a few different camps and they had like two separate groups that were skating basically. So it was like, it was a lot of guys. And then they, as through the, as, uh, the year went on, we had a couple of tournaments. Uh, there was one, I think in Riga, there was one in Moscow and there was one in, um, I think it was in, in Helsinki in Finland. And so we would play a couple of exhibition games against these other teams, right? These other countries. And then they kind of weaned everyone out as we went along throughout the whole season. And this was like, we were playing our regular season games and then we'd have those Olympic breaks. Right. And then we'd go to these tournaments, play games, not get any time off, fly back, play our regular games. Yeah, it was a long year, but it was totally worth it. And I'd definitely do it again, but it was, there was probably, I want to say close to 60, 50, 60 guys total that they went through and had it at camps, you know, and just, um, yeah, weaned it down to 20, 20 something. Right. So. Wow. All right. I know this was your topic part. I don't know if you got more to add. Were you confident when you saw 60 people that you had a fair shot still, or were you, were there any self doubts going into it? Um, you know what? I, I was confident that I belonged there. You know, I just, uh, when I was there, I just wanted to do everything right. Like I said before, I just wanted to fit into the group and do what I, what I had to do to make the team and, um, you know, try to excel in whatever role that they gave me. And, um, I think I did a fairly good job besides, besides getting kicked out of the game. You know, that was a, that was a really tough pill to swallow. And, you know, I was getting like death threats from people after that. So it wasn't easy for me to deal with either. So Well, you can look at it as the game you got kicked out in, or you could look at it as the game you scored in. I mean, well, I did score. I was very happy about that, but mm -hmm. uh, just to get kicked out, I think I was pretty amped up from scoring that I might've been a little bit too excited after that. And I, I just hammered it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, when you have a guy cutting across the ice, no, you're hitting that guy. You're you're hitting that guy. I, it, it, that's yeah. the instinct to it, but that's not everyone's instinct now. Like yeah. I gotta tell you, from coaching coaching nowadays, high school level and junior level, it's been they're not the same. It's not, yeah. and it, it's. I know we're kind of veering off the Olympic side, so I won't do that too much. But the, the, as you mentioned, Olympic rule is any head contact, right? Yeah. You're, you're kicked out, yeah. and that that's fine and dandy. But they're not taught nowadays how to hit. 
the way that maybe yourself and Brooksy, I think you, you're an 87 birth year. I'm a 91. So you got yeah. four years on me. So we're closer. No offense, Brooksy. Uh, uh, but it's, it still I'm wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't okay. taught like it, for when we were younger, me, you and Brooksy, we were taught, boom, you're hitting, you're finishing that check in the novice level, the atom yeah. level, that type thing. Now they're not hitting until they hit the under 15 levels, what they call it, the under 15 yeah. or even high school level, which is so dangerous because yeah, you're bigger now. You don't know how to hit. You don't mm-hmm. get taught how to hit. That's why kids are joining football so they can try to learn how to hit and try really, to be better yeah. in other sports. But if you have a guy cross ice coming, your instincts to hit them. And I don't think it was a too uh, a dirty hit. To be honest with you, it wasn't. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at the video while we're talking. I kind of yeah. see highlights. It wasn't dirty. That yeah, was just low. Yeah, the other side of the hit is that, like, you know, you guys need to learn how to protect themselves as well. You want to learn how to hit, but you also have to learn how to take and protect yourself. Like, I was always taught, like, if a guy's going to get his hands up in your face, you protect yourself, you know, protect your head. Um, but the, the the guy that I hit at the Olympics, he was like six foot three German guy. And I'm like five ten, maybe not even five eleven. And he was skating with his head down. I mean, that's just like, I'm going to finish my check because that's my style of game. But like I said, those are the rules, and um, I didn't uh, didn't think it was going to turn out that way, but that's just how it went. So it's it is what it is, right? So. No, when you when you cross that zone, even if you don't have the puck, if I know I'm getting a puck that's a suicide pass, we like to call it, or it is, yeah. it is called. I I'm not even not that you're not worrying about the puck, but you're thinking, okay, I'm getting a pass in the neutral zone right now, and my yeah. back is turned, or I'm not looking at the play. Someone's coming. That, yeah. That's our mentality, right? Some like an our generation, I say, different levels between me, yourself, and Brooksy, of course. Uh, but there's just you're taught that young, and I'm happy we were taught that young because there were moments when I played, or I'm sure when Brooksy played, when you get one on yourself, when you get that pass, you're like, all right, I'm gonna get rocked right here, and oh, you prepare. It's you. happened. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's happened <laughs> like, to me a few times. <laughs> it happened. Yeah. And it, it sucks. Well, Dave, Dave was the only one given the suicide pass. He didn't have to worry about getting them. He just gave them. You had to look back for those ones. Yeah. It's, yeah. I love seeing teammates get rocked and I come pick the puck up after. That was, wow. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, just kidding. Sui. <laughs> uh, God, that's good. Okay. Yeah. So the next time I want to get into transitioning, which is obviously Olympics, we can talk for a long time. And it's, it's such a great thing to, that you went there. And, and so recently as well, just under four years ago, but I want to time chime into a topic that has come really popular on this show, uh, we get a lot of messages about it, which is really unique, but the draft story. Hold that thought. You need to protect your investment from the start and at the top. And you can do this with Flawless Roofing Sure Seal Incorporated. Flawless Roofing is based in Thunder Bay, Ontario, Canada, and Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, Canada. Flawless Roofing is Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario's only certified EPDM roofers. Flawless Roofing has been in operation since 2012 and offers over 30 years experience in the business. Flawless Roofing offers solutions for both residential and commercial rooftops. You can check them out today at flawlessroofing.ca or give them a checkout on Facebook. So oh, yeah. something that we started right now back, we're hitting the episode 60s and up. So we are back talking episode two and three from four or five years ago. Yeah. We started these recordings and people love this. So I got to ask you this and it's yourself. I'd have to look back and see, actually, I wish I had this fact down before we talked, but see if you were the highest pick in the draft that we've okay. interviewed. And I think we, uh, you are, but you were, 
drafted first round. You were a tie-in prospect, and you go to Columbus sixth overall in a very good draft in 05. If people remember, that's yeah. Cindy Crosby's draft. That is Bobby Ryan's draft and Carey mm-hmm. Price. And if I had to do the redraft, it'd be Crosby, Price. And I'd still pick you because the way you played junior, I'd still pick you where you fell. So just so you yeah. know that. Uh, but uh, that aside, I want to know your draft story. Okay, so did you expect Columbus to pick you? I'm sure Montreal was a team that you anticipated to go to because it was fifth mm-hmm. overall and given your name, but you're not yeah. actually from Quebec. You're from Alberta. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Talk about your draft story, the meetings, the any weirdness, anything that came out to you that stands out that you remember from the draft. Um, yeah, there's one thing I think with the Vancouver Canucks uh, management that I had, like, uh, I don't think that I was very smart in the things that I said to them, honestly, because, and I think it kind of maybe swayed them away from picking me. I don't know if they actually wanted to pick me, but maybe that's just in my own head and my thinking. But, uh, when we had a conversation, I had like, just had played junior through Vancouver. I grew up playing, you know, all my hockey in Vancouver. And I kind of said like, it would be cool to like see somewhere else in the world just to like play somewhere else and, you know, get some experience. And I think they kind of took it like, you don't want to play in Vancouver. And I was like, oh, well, I do, I would, <laughs> but you know, but like, I think they kind of took it in like a harsher way than I meant, you know, and I, I just think that, I don't know, like I said, I don't know if they actually were going to pick me because I think they were 20th or something, but uh, that year. Um, but anyways, it was that was one story I definitely remember. But uh, I met with Doug McLean like a few times before I got drafted. So I knew that uh, the Blue Jackets were interested in me for sure. Doug and his uh, son were there. I remember the whole time he was with his son. He was right there with him, with everything, all the conversations we had. And, yeah. and that's where it ended up going. You know, yeah. That's it. Brooks, I'm hoping you to continue the topic. Yeah, no, I just, uh, I think that's amazing. Um, you know, I just had a question. So once, uh, you know, you sat in there and you, you talked to the GM, uh, you know, did he give you, you know, what he was looking for, you know, when you're going to get to the team and what he wanted out of you? From the Blue Jackets? Yeah. Yeah, and I um, not completely, you know. They were just kind of more thinking about, like, would I come to Columbus? Um, did I want to play there? Like that kind of, those kind of questions I was getting more. From what I remember, not so much like, hey, this is the kind of player we want you to be. And um, unfortunately, because, you know, when I did go to Columbus, I think I could have used a lot more coaching. And um, it was unfortunate because uh, Doug McLean and all the, the, you know, Gerard Gallant were there um, and it all, all up getting up, ended up getting fired within, you know, four or five games, I think, of our first season. And um, and then after that, all the people that wanted me there kind of were shipped out. So it was tough, uh, obviously, with Ken Hitchcock coming in after uh, things changed a little bit for me. So. So, and Alex, I'll, I'll go to you for this point, but obviously with Joubert's name being French, uh, yeah. being a French nature, and Montreal took Carey Price, obviously fifth overall, but I'm sure it's fair to say that uh, your question was going to go towards why wasn't it Montreal? Is that fair to say? Well, yeah, what was your meeting with uh, that organization? Like, were they alluding to anything that maybe they were possibly looking at taking you as well, or were those meetings not as productive as maybe you would have hoped? Yeah, I don't think they were as productive as I would have hoped. I think they were pretty short from what I remember. Um, I don't think there was too much conversation. Like, I definitely had more conversations with the Blue Jackets and a few other teams than uh, than Montreal. Um, like like you guys mentioned earlier, though, a lot of people, because of my name, thought I'd be going to Montreal for sure. And I was like, well, I'm going to have to learn French then. So <laughs> that's happened. But, uh, it didn't end up happening anyway. And, uh, yeah, so I went to Columbus and, yeah, that was it. 
Think of it well, this way. You could have, sorry, Brian, I think you're going to laugh at this. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. He could have gotten drafted, you, Gilbert, 21st by the Leafs, and you could have ended up getting traded to Boston. Okay, because that's the <laughs> player that went to Boston for Andrew Raycroft. So, you know what? That could have been a whole different draft for you. But sorry, Par, I cut you off. That could have been awesome because I would have played with my buddy Milan and they maybe won a cup with the Bruins. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just wanted to know, you said the Blue Jackets were asking, like, if you would play there or if you would go to Columbus. What, what do they expect you to say? Nah, not really feeling it. Like, this is your dream coverage. What kind of question is that? Yeah, exactly. It's kind of interesting, right? So um, I was like, yeah, I would come there, of course. Like, I want to play in the NHL. So, Like, how many of the answer? questions that you're getting asked, are you just, like, thinking, like, this is a dumb question. I have no choice but to answer it in this way. And you and I at both ends of this table know that. I mean, you have to be, you know, gracious. You have to be humble, and I, I think, in going into those things because these are the people you want to work with and work for in the future, right? So um, I think you want to be grateful to the opportunity that they're presenting and uh, be respectful, obviously, no matter what kind of questions they're asking. I feel like it's fair to ask about the Crosby hype in this because you were there and Crosby – Everyone knew Crosby was going first. I remember that was the year of the locker, right? So Pittsburgh won the the, the lottery of it all. Yeah. Crosby and Anaheim was up there with uh, with Pittsburgh. And they got Bobby Ryan, which honestly, is, I know he's not Crosby. I, I get it. But he was still a good yeah. pick. You yeah, know, yeah. very good pick. Uh, yeah. But the, the hype around Crosby, did you get a chance to talk to him at all when you were there? Did you, did you yeah. or was it kind of just, yeah, you were in your own and he was in his own type thing? Um, like getting closer to the draft, it was more of our own things, but, uh, a few, you know, for the few years kind of building up to that, I had met him a few times and, uh, I think we met and went out for dinner with, uh, I can't remember one other player. Um, I can't remember who it was, but we all, you know, during the uh, combine in in uh, Toronto, uh, the testing. So, uh, yeah, I'd met those guys a few times, but, uh, was never like really in close contact so much with those guys, more, more of the guys that I, you know, had associated with a bit more on the Western West Coast and stuff through the Western Hockey League. Yeah, I see that. Well, I remember that lockout time. And I remember for some reason that lockout, the song by no free ads in this show, but we're going to hear anyways. Molson Canadian, when they said, do you really want to hurt me? Do you really want to make me cry? Do you guys, I don't know if anyone remembers that commercial with the lockout. Very funny. Very funny <laughs> stuff. Uh, but quick transition here, continuing through the NHL. I want to I want to talk about when you got that first call up. Okay, so I want to talk about your first goal, put on that jersey for the first time, and then yeah. eventually you played for your hometown, the Oilers as well. Um, uh, but firstly, let's go to the call up. Where were you when you got that call that, hey, you're coming up with the jackets tonight? Um, it was straight out of training camp, actually. I made the team from training camp. So, yeah, I was playing with them basically from camp. I did, you know, went through the whole rookie camp, went through everything, the main camp. And, uh, yeah, I ended up playing the preseason games with them and then was, yeah, signed to the team like right away. So, I mean, I just basically went from camp, made the team. It was and it was pretty lucky and pretty nice. I know I, I did pretty well my first year. I went to camp and had a good, really good preseason. So then, so how about the first point, first goal feeling? You know, I think you had four points in seven games in your first season. I think, yeah, I think until I got hurt. Yeah. And until you got hurt. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. how'd that feel? Your first point, your first goal. Yeah. Things were going really well when I first came up, besides, you know, getting hurt. But uh, the, the, the time that I did play, I was doing, having success, right? It was great. So uh, the coaches were just kind of letting me play. And um, like I said, things changed a bit after that. And uh, obviously I got hurt. You know, I broke my sternum, which was a pretty serious injury. And then I uh, fractured my fibula as well. 
uh, I think, you know, within two and five games with, with any of uh, those each injuries. So it was, uh, it was really hard. And I went back to junior, right? So and had a lot of success in the Western Hockey League in the finals. We won a championship, uh, went to the Memorial Cup and all that stuff. So super awesome to do that. But uh, to get sent down from the NHL, I was like super sad. It was like heartbreaking for sure. 100%. And yeah. you, it, that, I'm just I, curious about this. Uh, I, sorry, Dave. Uh, you're good, you're no, good. I just want to talk a little bit about the injury. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I've had some pretty big injuries myself over the years. And I'm just curious, you know, how is your, you know, mental recovery along with your physical recovery with that? Because, you know, getting sent down and being injured, you know, that's a lot sometimes, especially for a young kid. Yeah, it was super hard at the time because, uh, you know, pretty serious injuries that I've never dealt with an injury quite like that before that severity. So uh, just going through all the rehab stuff with like real professionals and real doctors in, you know, Columbus, Ohio, which was an adjustment too for me. Uh, it was all very new to me, basically, you know, so it was hard and uh, learned a lot of new different exercises, new ways to rehab different. Like I spent a lot of time with doctors the first few months there. So uh, it was hard, you know, and I definitely wanted to be part of the team more and part of the lineup. And as you probably know, you know, when you're uh, injured, you're kind of uh, a little bit a part of the team. You don't feel like you're as part of the group. So that definitely made it hard, especially like you said, as being, you know, 18, 19 years old. So yeah, is, yeah. Is sometimes I find the motivation when you have those to... injuries. Go ahead. Percy. Sorry, go ahead, Alex. I'm just no, wondering, I was like, just saying, you know, some. <laughs> Who, who's going here? They're going far. Pars you got it. Okay. I just want to know, like, is it hard to find the motivation after playing at such a high level to go back to junior to try to motivate yourself to like, all right, this is what I got to keep doing. It's not exactly what, where I want to be, but uh, how hard is it to find that spark again? Good question. Uh, honestly, I had a fucking blast going back to junior. Like it was so much fun. I was made some money for the first time in my life and went back to junior and like had a car for the first time in my life. And you know, it's <laughs> It was great. I was having fun. And that was the year of the lockout. So uh, we had like 16,000 fans at our Giants games. And, and it was just an incredible like whole experience because it was like we we're playing in the NHL. Um, so you were the man. <laughs> we were in the paper all the time. It was crazy. Like we were in the province right on the front page like every week because the Canucks weren't playing and we were the ticket in town. So everyone was coming to watch us. It was a lot of fun. We know Vancouver likes to riot when they lose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sorry, sure. I just had to say it. Sorry, now, Brooksy, you can go. Your turn. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. It's all good. I just, you know what I mean? I was just wanting to ask, you know, because I find, you know, when you have those injuries and, uh, you know, all that is going on, you, because you're kind of a part of the team, but you're not, like you said. Mm -hmm. But I feel like I remember when, when I had those injuries, my focus was so much even more on the hockey and getting my body to be even better that a few times I came back as a better player, more mentally yeah. strong, more physically strong. I'm just wondering if you had that same outlook because obviously you did because, you know, what a, what a year you had So yeah. uh, after those injuries. So I'm just wondering if that's, you know, how your mind was too. Yeah, it was crazy. From what I remember, I was basically like rehabbing almost all day. Like I was up pretty early at the rink or at the, you know, the pool, whatever I was doing to rehab. It was just crazy. Like just seemed like that's all I was doing. So I was going a little bit stir crazy because I wanted, I was working so hard all day and then I didn't have energy to do much. So I just were working and resting most of the time and trying to get back into the lineup, like you said. Right. And, um, but like, like it all did pay off in the end. I realized that hard work because I was working so hard to get back that when I did come back, I was ready to rock, ready to get right on the ice and get back into it. Like, uh, like nothing changed. Right. 
Yeah, you know yeah. what? It, it's yeah. it's injuries can be so difficult to bounce back from, right? And that's yeah. I know they kind of hurt your hurt your career a little bit. And I was actually going to dive into uh, the Edmonton thing here, but I'm actually going to go first in the mentality side of the injuries. And this kind of stems from Parr's question a little bit, expands it. So while you're in Edmonton, you battled the injuries. Did it affect you mentally at all? Does it like, obviously, maybe that's a stupid question. Say if it is, if it isn't, but like, does it come to you where you're like, I can't just stay healthy. What the you know, oh, actually, I'll say, what the fuck? Why can't I stay healthy? Right? Why w- does it affect you mentally, or did it affect you mentally? For sure. Like uh, the one year I had in Edmonton, that was probably my most successful year in the NHL uh, with when Pat Quinn was there. Um, I actually got uh, the flu shot. I think it was the last time I got the flu shot, and I got sick for two weeks after that. I was like bedridden, so I missed a bunch of games. Then I had to, you know, come back and skate for a couple of weeks before I could get back in the lineup. Like those kind of things were really hard because, uh, you know, you're doing so well and that kind of knocks you off your track a bit. Um, and then, you know, uh, just being out so long, it's just hard to get back into that groove that you're in. So it uh, just makes it more difficult for sure. And uh, I definitely felt like kind of um, like I wasn't completely in the lineup for sure, like set there in stone. So sometimes you're kind of dealing with that and trying to like, you know, prove yourself, obviously, because other guys want to take your job. That's that's hockey. That's the business. Right. So. Yeah, as I say, every kilometer you go down the road, there's somebody that wants your job, especially in the world of hockey in Canada. So, yeah. Oilers, you you played for your hometown team, and you hear that a lot now, right, where Tavares played for Toronto. People mm-hmm. are saying Matthews might end up in Arizona one day. If, if you're a Leaf fan, let's hope not. Uh, but you played for your hometown team, and you leave. Uh, you get dealt from Columbus, and you get dealt to the Edmonton Oilers for Rafi Torres, I believe was that trade. Yeah. And, you know, you end up to your hometown team, how did that all trade? How'd that work out for you? What was told to you? What was your expectations going to Edmonton? Were you excited? Did you grow up a big Oiler fan? You were around. Uh, yeah. You were young when they were obviously successful, but they were still good uh, enough mm-hmm. in the 90s. They are always a good organization at that time. So it must have been a pretty good feeling playing for your hometown team. For sure. My parents uh, My parents are from Ontario, actually, but uh, they moved to Edmonton, and that's, that's where I was born. But I grew up mostly in Vancouver. Um, but uh, the, I do still have a lot of family at Edmonton, so to come back was pretty cool. And uh, to hear my mom's, uh, my parents' stories about them at the old Northlands Coliseum, like uh, I think I was in my mom's belly at some of the games where Gretzky, you know, scoring some big goals and setting records. So um, to come back out yeah, of that history was super cool. And to be, be playing in Canada again, I was super happy. Um, because Edmonton's got such a great hockey hockey atmosphere, you know, like um, like most of Canada, right? So it was quite a different change from Columbus, Ohio, where you know their big thing is you know Ohio State University and football, basically. So uh, it was nice to come back to Canada and play in, in the country where you know they love hockey the most. So yeah, they're very very passionate. We have an analyst on the Game Sports Show who is a die hard Oiler fan, like I. Oh, yeah. Tense Oiler fan, like you mentioned, one thing <laughs> criticism about McDavid and Drysdale, and they'd be a lottery team. And that guy, I, I you just ignore the chat after because it's too invading. Um, so that, set off then. <laughs> <laughs> so the the last thing I'll bring up before we transition over to Brooksy, uh, the the move to the Coyotes. So obviously there wasn't much of a trail with the Coyotes as you met with uh, Edmonton. So I'm not gonna dive too much in there, but you were tired, and you came back. Uh, yeah. in that same year and that was in Europe so what prompted you to return to the game obviously you must have missed it or something I'm guessing 
Yeah, I think I just needed a mental break because I was kind of just tired of going through the whole up and down from the American League to the NHL and, uh, you know, empty promises that I was getting from some people and um, trying to, you know, be the, you know, I was, you know, scoring a lot of goals, providing a lot of offense when I was in the Portland uh, organization trying to make the Coyotes and just things didn't work out. I got called up and I ended up just like getting bag skated for a month and not really playing. So I just kind of got tired of that and I just I think I needed a mental break. I uh, went home for a bit and um, yeah, that's when I decided to uh, go a different direction and go, you know, play in the international league instead. So definitely. Brooks. Yeah. yeah, no, that's just, well, that's, it's funny. Cause that's the same reason, you know, I wanted to go over, you know, I was having these good years in the A and not getting the bite that, that you want. And, uh, yeah. and then you kind of reassess yourself. And I feel like for me, probably for yourself, it felt like, hockey was fun again when I went over to Europe it like totally like rejuvenated me and just made me just really enjoy the game again oh I agree 100% like it was just to go and play hockey again and have fun and uh, actually get to play and you know it was that's that's totally why I went and I was super happy to get that experience when I did go over to Europe it's awesome amazing well we're gonna go back to you know obviously to uh, you winning uh, the championship you know I, I just want to talk a little bit about that you know the run you guys had and uh, you know obviously you're getting in you're in that final uh, you know and anything can happen and uh, you, you must have had uh, the coach giving you you know all the the pep talks and uh, excitement the boys you know just coming together during that time are you talking for the Memorial Cup or the Western League stuff? Yeah, sorry. Yeah. 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 That yeah. was an amazing run. Like, I think we went 16 and two or something in the playoffs. Like, we only lost two games. It was incredible. Like, we rolled over everyone and uh, we had Lucic on our team. And, like, we had this fourth, he was on our fourth line, believe it or not, at the time. And him and a Garrett Hunt, uh, another guy who just hammer guys, like, he, we literally would scare teams that they didn't even want to touch the puck. And we, the rest of us would just go take the puck and go score. It was just, we had like a, an amazing team all around, amazing defense, goaltending, you know, scoring. We just uh, in the in the Memorial Cup, we just couldn't come through. But, uh, you know, we we're playing some good teams. But uh, the whole experience was amazing to win the Western League. And, uh, yeah, we went on a tear there. It was just it was incredible. Tell me about Lucic because you mentioned you're close. Is that guy like on the ice? I every time I think of Lucic, I think of 2013. If you're a Leaf fan, okay, it still haunts you to this day. <laughs> that Bruin team against Toronto. Uh, yeah. Obviously, he's moved on from Boston. He's went to Edmonton. He's went to Calgary and Calgary, yeah. etc. How is he off the ice? You know, I feel like he would be an absolute beauty off the ice okay a type of guy that you actually want to hang out with but not a guy you want to play against because you wouldn't fight him because he would kick your ass anyway he's a tough guy but you know you know him better than obviously a lot of people do i'm sure and tell me tell the listeners about how he is as a guy off the ice many people do not know that about milan yeah me milan and i haven't hung out in quite some time but we do stay in touch and talk quite a bit and he's just uh, such a down-to-earth person he's very good to, to the people around him and uh, good to the community wherever he plays like he's just a, a good leader honestly I think he's uh, in the Calgary dressing room he's one of those guys that everyone looks to he's got all the experience he's won the Stanley Cup you know he's just uh, he's a tough player and like you said definitely don't want to be playing against him because he plays the game the way it's supposed to be played he plays hard he you know he does everything uh, I know he's getting, you know, towards the end of his prime and to, towards the end of his career, but he still can play. Like, he still can compete, and he just has that drive in him, and uh, I don't think he'll ever lose that, honestly. He's just that kind of guy and uh, just an all-around beauty, I think. Like you said, he's just good shit. 
How about a fight? Is there a fight that you can tell us that you've seen him do or like in a game, an action where you're like, holy shit, that's a Milan moment that I'll never forget. Oh, definitely the times in junior when we played together. I'll never forget some of the times, like some of the hits he threw, some of the, you know, the people he beat up. I think he put his fist through guys' visors and just like nothing into their, you know, it's just, he was a machine as a kid, even, you know, it was, it was incredible. And to see his rise, you know, he was playing like junior B not long before he came to the Giants. And then he went basically to the Giants or to the NHL, you know, after uh, they won the Memorial Cup a few years after us or the year after us. So um, he's done incredible things. Like he deserves everything he's got. He almost made the Olympic team in 2014. People don't remember that. Like he was at that yeah. 2014 camp, I believe he was yeah. at. Yeah, he he this this he would have been a if his team wasn't if Canada wasn't as good as it could have been he would have been a pretty yeah. big uh, factor into that. So, Parsi, uh, I could get you to this. Go one of the last few points here on this topic. Oh God, what do we have left? We've got <laughs> quite a, a lot of topics here. <laughs> Don Hay was a coach that you won the title with in the W. Was there a specific coach that you had that maybe uh, matched your style of play best that you saw during your career? Good question. Um, yeah, really good question. Um, I think like, like I said, Pat Quinn was an awesome coach for me that I had in Edmonton and, um, Dean Evison was my first coach for the giants actually. And, uh, he was pretty sweet. Like he was kind of a player's coach at the time. And I don't know how his coaching style is now. It's been a while, but, uh, he was awesome at the time. He was, he was, you know, seemed like a bit of a hard ass, but if you're on, you know, he was, he was always a good guy. If you just worked hard, played well, he was, he was good. So I liked him too. He's awesome. And uh, miss Pat Quinn. He was a beauty. So rest in peace, Pat. Yeah, he was a yeah. leap legend uh, for in my eyes. But he was uh, also the guy that hit Bobby Orr. People don't. Maybe people oh, should, yeah. should know that story. But yeah. the younger generation may not know that. If it's if the younger generation that's listening don't know YouTube that he absolutely <laughs> rocked Bobby Orr. You don't see hits like that anymore if that was a hit nowadays you might get a five-day suspension from perils or the uh, the the whole safety department and that's a big man too <laughs> oh yeah yeah very, very good <laughs> brooks any final thoughts on this topic before we uh start to unfortunately wrap it up no i'm uh, i'm good i'm ready to move on here buddy ready okay i did i know we you know what that was your topic to lead i wanted you to make sure that you uh ended it so you know, Jaber, that this is the this is the part of the show where you know we sadly got to sign everything off, and typically we have time to look at doing a fun question each that would really throw you off. Uh, but and and obviously shows go by too fast, so with unfortunately yeah. we with time constraints won't be able to get into these three questions that, that we want to get into. But I want to give you the floor for a couple minutes or thirty seconds, whatever you'd like, to discuss where people can follow you, connect with you, or if you have something to promote besides your your rent place in, on Airbnb and. Yeah. In uh, British Columbia, but or send a message in general. Anything, heck, uh, you can bring up another story if you'd like. I want to give you the floor for a little bit here, as much as you want to promote or talk about anything you'd like uh, before we uh, sign you off. Yeah, I don't have like anything to promote, and you know, I'm I'm kind of a private person. I don't you know seek uh, followers or whatever that stuff. You know, I'm kind of just I uh, want to do my thing. And uh, right now, I'm uh, where I live on the Sunshine Coast, just outside of Vancouver. Uh, I'm just starting to do my own hockey camps with the uh, U, U9, U11, U13, U15 teams. So I'm um, getting back on the ice with the kids and trying to give back over here and uh, doing some off-ice training as well with, uh, I don't know if you guys know about the skating treadmill and things like that. So 
I'm doing that with Cross Hockey Development. That's uh, you can follow them on Instagram, Cross Hockey Development. Uh, that's who I'm working with, and um, yeah, we're just getting started with a guy, a local guy here, and it's it's been a lot of fun. So I'll be on the ice again this twice this week, twice next week. I was on twice last week, so I'm um, just enjoying you know my life outside of hockey, but still staying in the game. And uh, I've even played in the men's league here, which is sick. It's been pretty hilarious. And guys, <laughs> yeah telling me to slow down and take it easy, but I'm like, I got to have some fun too. So <laughs> you got to still, you still got to hear that crossbar when you hit it. Ting, ting. You know what I mean? Oh, you got yeah. to hear the snipe still. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the other day I uh, had a nice one. I had hit this little target on my first shot with the demo for the kids and they were all super psyched and tapping their sticks. That was, that was awesome. <laughs> yeah, <literally. laughs> awesome. Loved it. Par plays men's league. Brooksy, well, he's too hurt to play men's league, as am I, actually, both of us. And I'm too young to have a back. Too bad. Yeah, too, it's unfortunate. But we do play uh, when we're healthy. Uh, and I'm a, I like telling the story to guys like yourself, Jabari. I, I've dangled Brooksy and scored last year a couple times. <laughs> uh, and Brooksy won't, I don't know if he'll admit it, but uh, I love playing against him because that's the type of guys, and this is a compliment, that you want to play hard against. Because men's league, you're out there to have fun. But when you have a guy who's played, and I'd love to play with Brooksy sometime, mm-hmm. you know, and maybe win a Mayor's Cup here in town. That's the, t- the league that we have in town. It's very competitive. But playing yeah. against guys like him or even yourself and and that makes you pick up the game and want you to try that little harder, right? Yeah, it, for sure. It's if I saw you on the ice, I'd be like, I want to, I want to challenge this guy. This guy yeah. can kick my ass and beat me. But yeah, we hate you guys. We hate you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Annoying yeah. us, make us want to kill you. <laughs> yeah, you guys get your sticks up a little bit too much too, probably. A little slash, <laughs> little slash yeah. of the old sheds, hundred yeah. percent. You don't have to worry about Dave because he doesn't come past the red line in his own end. <laughs> He's the, he's the men's league cherry picker. Oh, yeah. He's just floating out there. It's okay. The pucks go in the back of the net. Isn't that all that matters in men's league? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. That's good. So this uh, this has been awesome. It's been great, Jabert. And I'm going to go around the horn here. I'm going to say, uh, for me, part of Brooksy, uh, going me first to say our goodbyes. On my behalf, it's been a pleasure. And hopefully we can connect uh, sometime soon. It's uh, It's been fun. Park. Yeah. Yeah, man. What a pleasure to have you on. Thanks so much for uh, spending your evening with us and uh, good luck with the kids. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. It's been awesome. Brooksy, you can have your goodbye. Yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll just make it quick. You know, cheers. It's uh, great to hear your story. You know, I it didn't, I've heard your name many times over the years, but uh, obviously to meet you, it's a pleasure. So uh, hopefully we can stay in touch here and uh, tell some more stories uh, another time. Yeah. That'd be great. Really nice to meet you guys. Nice, Brooksy. Awesome. I'd like to see you two play one-on-one. I don't know if you ever heard of the Living Sisu three-on-three tournament in the summer. I don't know if it was Zach Fukali or those guys. I did hear about some three-on-three tournament. Is that just out east? or? Oh, yeah, it? yeah, out east. And we're actually looking for a third guy, me and Brooksy, next year. So I don't know if you're, <laughs> if you're interested. You know, yeah. we can be, Brooksy can go defense, okay? I'll play forward with you. I'll cherry pick. You guys get the puck, set it up to me, and we're good to go. <laughs> <laughs> all right uh, maybe i'll think about it i gotta i gotta get skating here and i'm a little bit rusty too so i've only played i think four or five games now so i'm you know getting back into it but not too bad <laughs> Fun fact: we have a shootout competition plan with zach fukali obviously plays with hershey in the capital so maybe yeah. you know it was going to be our show in a shootout competition so maybe uh you join we'll have a little little prize at the end or a little something be a good little content so it'd be uh it'd be fun if we could sounds do. good bud 
But any, I want to make sure I tell uh, everyone again, thanks to Jaber, thanks to Parr, thanks to uh, Brooksy. But I want to yeah. say thank you to the listeners too. Obviously, this wouldn't be possible. The Game Sports has been around since December 2015. It's now 2022 at the time of this recording in December. And as you can see, uh, the Christmas tree in the background and probably some Christmas festivities are out for all of us. It's There it is. Nice. <laughs> There's the tree right there. But, you know, honestly, it wouldn't be possible without the, you, the listeners. And I want to make sure you always tune in to the Game Sports Show, powered by the Game Entertainment Media. And this edition was sponsored by the Sport Displays and Falls Roofing. And I want to point out the sweater that I got on. I'm bringing it up to the camera here. Nice swag I think I got on from Falls Roofing. Nice hoodie. They have that available. And I would turn around my camera, but you know what? You can just look at the ad placements that we have. The Sport Displays jerseys are fantastic. You can put up any jersey at any time. Maybe you have a Jabert Brule jersey signed. You can put it up. Okay, now that he's been a guest on the Game Sports Show, this adds more value to that jersey. I couldn't say that with a straight face. Uh, <laughs> listeners and viewers, make sure to hit follow and like and subscribe on all the platforms of TGSS and TGM platforms. And lastly, I'm here to remind you to keep your stick on the ice, swing your bats, catch touchdowns, 3 threes, and shoot your shots. Booyah.